0: Good evening, and welcome to Strange Air. We've been broadcasting from our secret location in the City of Angels for almost three years now. Our ratings have been higher than expected, so I thank each and every one of you for that. Just before I stepped into the booth tonight, I started to make a list of all the topics we've discussed since the show went on the air. Here are a few that came to mind. Mothman, Poltergeists, the Bermuda Triangle, Area 51, crop circles, remote viewing, sinkholes that lead to hell, and the list goes on and on. These aren't just fascinating topics. They're fascinating mysteries. And our discussions of those mysteries have drawn the attention of some very powerful forces. No, I'm not talking about men in black or secret government agencies. I'm talking about the good people who work at Premier Radio Network. And that's why tonight, it is my pleasure to announce that our little show has been picked up for national syndication. This means we'll be taking calls from California to New York to Florida and all points in between, including the frozen landscapes of Alaska and the tropical beaches of Hawaii. Strange air is about to get a whole lot stranger. Uh, My engineer, Memphis Bob, is celebrating right now with a glass of George Dickel number 12 from his home state of Tennessee. And uh, we're going to celebrate by having open lines. This means I'm taking calls about anything and everything. The topics we discuss tonight are completely up to you. This is Malcolm Smith, and you're on Strange Air. Hi, uh, my name's John, calling from West Covina. Welcome to Strange Air, John. What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about cattle mutilations, because I have some inside information about them. But before we get into that, I just want to say congratulations on the good news. Thank you very much, John. We're all very excited here. And what about Memphis Bob? Will he be staying with you? Absolutely. The man and I are like peas in a pod. I trust him with just about everything.
1: Excuse me. I'm looking for Bob. You might know him as Memphis Bob. He's out
2: back. What's the camera for?
1: Oh, we're making a student film.
2: About Memphis Bob?
1: (laughs) No, he's just part of it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Thanks! So?
1: The waitress said he was out back. Excuse me, are you Memphis Bob?
4: I sure am.
1: I'm Chase. We spoke on the phone.
4: Dear Lord, you were the size of a peanut last time I saw you. Really? That's the truth. I took snaps with you on the day you were born. And you came by the station a few times when we were doing morning drive. I bet you don't remember that.
1: Maybe a little...
4: You loved to play with the mixing board. It was like your personal toy. Drove me crazy.
1: Well, it's great to see you, Bob. And thanks for doing this. It means a lot to me.
4: Pleasure's all mine, little lady. Now, who's that? Hi, uh, I'm her boyfriend, Danny.
1: He's my cameraman.
4: I see. So, how do we do this?
1: Well, let's start with you introducing yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll see where it goes.
4: Sounds like a plan.
1: Perfect. You can just lean against that post and, you know, relax. This'll be fun.
4: Just say when. (laughs) When? Hi there. My name's Memphis Bob, and I had the pleasure of working Uh, uh, with-
1: Let's stop for a moment, Bob. Uh, if you don't mind, can you begin by using your real name? I did. No, I mean, your legal name.
4: <laughs> Here, take a look at this.
1: What? Well, uh, hang on. Your driver's license says Memphis Bob. You changed your name to Memphis Bob?
4: I sure did. Pretty cool, huh?
1: <laughs> Alright then. Let's start again. Danny, you ready?
4: Ready. Hi there. My name's Memphis Bob and I had the pleasure of working with Malcolm Smith for more years than I care to remember. I was the engineer on every single episode of Strange Air.
1: How did the two of you meet?
4: Oh hell, I I was just starting out as an engineer at this station up in San Jose, and he was there working as a production assistant.
1: And you became friends?
4: We became brothers. The two of us clicked on day one. And when he got his first show, I signed on as the engineer and we never looked back.
1: Did he change much over the years?
4: Can't say that it did. Not even when success came knocking. Mao was Mao.
1: Hmm. How about when the show went national?
4: The only change I noticed was his interest in religion. That seemed to come from out of nowhere. But it did take the show in a new direction, and that's always a good thing. It's, you know, how you stay fresh.
1: I'd like to talk to you about the night Malcolm Smith disappeared.
4: Yeah, I figured that was next.
1: There's a theory that you helped him stage his disappearance.
4: Dear Lord, you got that from the police, didn't you? Well, those boys don't have to take an IQ test to get their badges, now do they?
1: Some people believe Malcolm Smith never even left the studio. They say he had a hiding place under the floor or behind one of the walls, and that you covered for him until he was able to sneak out.
4: That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The floor was concrete, and the walls and ceiling, they were covered with soundproofing. We would have had to take it all apart, and then I would have had to seal him in. Do you know how long that would take?
1: You're right. That wasn't enough time.
4: Listen, Chase. Your daddy was happy. The only thing that meant more to him than the show was his life with you and Rose. There's no way he did this on purpose.
1: Thank you for saying that. All right, let's move on. According to the police report, you were taking a call when the incident happened?
4: It's been ten years, I guess I should be honest. The thing is, I wasn't taking a call when your father disappeared.
1: You weren't?
4: Nope. I was rolling the joint. Oh. It's no big deal. I had a card. You needed one back then.
1: But you were still looking down when the incident occurred?
4: Yeah, I was looking down.
1: What did you experience? Did you hear anything?
4: I heard what everybody heard. A whole lot of nothing. Except... Except... Our signal dropped two times during that last call. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Those sounds were analyzed by all the authorities.
1: Are you talking about the
4: static? You know what static is? It's the absence of a coherent signal. You see, there are all kinds of background radiation in the universe, and when a strong signal like the one from a radio broadcast drops out, you hear what is commonly called static, or white noise. It sounds the way it does because there's no coherence to it. It's pure chaos.
1: So... What does that mean?
4: KXLA, Modern Radio Station. Our signal was strong. What happened had never happened before, and it happened twice during that call. That's why I have a theory about what really went down that night.
1: What's your theory?
4: Those two bursts of static. When our signal dropped, it was them trying to lock in on your dad. Who? the aliens.
1: You mean- They're the
4: only ones with the kind of technology it would take to reach into that studio and pull him right out of his seat. I have to imagine they used some kind of tractor beam, like the one in Star Trek. That's what made our signal drop.
1: So that's your theory? Alien abduction?
4: It sure is. I believe your daddy was taken.
5: My name is Dr. Reginald Isaac, and I can assure you with 100% certainty that Malcolm Smith was not taken. What
1: makes you so sure, Dr. Isaac?
5: Hmm, As I've explained on my award-winning show, The Alien Conundrum, there are a set of circumstances that typically occur during every abduction. And I should mention that the show will begin airing in your country quite soon on BBC America. I believe they're going to uh, uh, pair it with a new season of Doctor Who.
1: Congratulations. You must be very excited.
5: <laughs> oh, I am indeed.
1: And what are those circumstances? Uh, pardon? You mentioned there are circumstances that are common in all alien abductions?
5: Yes, 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 of course. I call them Isaac's Indicators. There are ten, but we can only apply the first three to this particular case. Number one. On the day of an abduction, there are always reports of UFO activity in the area. I believe your associate, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, did some research and found there were no such reports on the day in question. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
5: Very well. Number two. There has to be physical access to the subject. Alien abductions usually take place outdoors in rural or deserted areas.
1: But there are cases where people have been taken from inside their home.
5: Aha! That is true. But those houses are with open windows that provide access. Aliens are limited by physical realities. They cannot transport abductees through solid walls or or closed doors. That would be insane. And in the case of Malcolm Smith, he was in a closed environment inside an office building. So, to put it in simple terms, how would they reach him?
1: Thank you. That makes perfect sense.
5: You're quite welcome, my dear. As for the third indicator, right before the abduction, the subject will experience a shift into an altered state of consciousness. External sounds stop having any significance. They begin to feel unusually calm. This marks a transition from normal activity to a state of limited mobility, which uh, leads to uh, the abduction. This indicator is certainly not present in Malcolm Smith's case, because he was speaking on the radio to thousands of Americans at the precise moment he vanished. And it's, uh, it's my understanding his speech was uh, uh, quite lucid. Hmm? Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
5: That is why I'm certain he was not taken. His case doesn't meet the criteria set forth by the first three indicators.
1: You mentioned there are ten indicators? What about the other seven? Why don't they apply?
5: Well, it's it's quite simple. People who have been abducted return. That's how we know they were taken. And Malcolm Smith has not come back. I see the rest of the abduction narrative includes missing time recovered memories medical implants that sort of thing if you require more specifics please refer to the companion book to my show it's available on amazon and i'm proud to say it has a five-star rating
1: one last question dr isaac do you really believe ufos and their occupants are real
5: yes that is exactly what i believe
1: And you choose to believe this despite the fact there's no actual proof?
5: Well, that's the nature of faith, isn't it? I I suppose the only real proof we'll ever have is if a spaceship were to land on the lawn at Buckingham Palace. (laughs) That might serve as proof, but I imagine the citizens of London would expect an alien to come out and and take a selfie with the Queen.
3: (laughs) I like that he called me Daniel. Makes me sound very adult.
1: Shut up, Danny.
3: Why are you so cranky? The footage from the Zoom call looks much better than we expected. You should be happy about that.
1: I am. I'm
3: just not sure we need it.
1: Hang on, why do you say that?
3: I don't think anyone who sees the Memphis Bob interview is going to walk away thinking, mystery solved, Malcolm Smith was kidnapped by aliens, so why do we need Dr. Isaac to address such an insane theory?
1: I know, but you have to follow the story. My mother and your stupid cousin believe my father faked his disappearance, so I had to prove they're wrong. Memphis Bob believes he was taken by aliens. That's obviously crazy talk, but it's in the film, so I had to prove he's wrong, too. That's the purpose of this scene. And I
3: really like Dr. Isaac's accent. Okay, so where do we go from here?
1: (sighs) I'm not sure, but I know the truth is out there and I'm going to find it no matter what.
6: Hi, this is Chase. Chase Smith, it's been ages. How are you? This is Leslie Neubauer. I'm sure you remember me. I used to work with... My father? Exactly! I was the general manager at KXLA, but I'm on satellite now, and it's just fab. The reason I'm calling is because we're coming up fast on the 10-year anniversary of your father's disappearance. Can you believe it's been that long? Oh, I sure can't. Wait till you see me! I haven't changed a bit. Anyway, we're doing a whole thing about Malcolm, a complete retrospective of his life and show. Are you as excited as I am? I guess. Great! Because the centerpiece of the show is going to be you, the daughter of Malcolm Smith, going on the air for... An interview? Exactly! We are so on the same page, and I'm going to make it easy. The station will send a car, we'll have all your favorite treats here... I'm
1: not interested.
6: What? Now why would you say such a thing? Of course you're interested. The man was your father. Is my father? Uh, Yes, you're right. Sorry. But let's not get stuck in the weeds over semantics. The show needs you, Chase. I need you. We have a lot of history. Please say you'll at least think about it. That's not too much to ask, is it?
1: Fine. I'll think about it.
6: And you'll get back to me by end of day tomorrow? Yes. Promise? Yes. That's terrific, Chase. You've given me hope. It's just like the line in that movie I love. Hope is good, it never dies. Hang on, are you talking about the Shawshank Redemption? I sure am. The quote
1: is, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good
6: thing ever dies. And now we're back in the weeds over pop culture. Is this like a thing with you? (laughs) Ah, (laughs) I made you laugh. We are definitely bonding, and that is a good thing.
1: All right, I have to go. I'm late for class.
6: Chase? Yes? Just so you know, I liked Malcolm. He was a decent man. Most of the guys in this business aren't.
1: Thank you for saying that.
6: I still include him in my prayers every night. Really? I sure do. Anyway, life goes on. Enjoy class, and you'll call me tomorrow by... End of day? Exactly! I can't wait to see you in person. Bye now. Who was that? It was Leslie
1: Neubauer, the general manager from my father's show. They're doing a special about him and they want to interview me.
3: Wow. That's an interesting plot development.
1: My mom is going to lose her shit.
3: Are you up for it?
1: Probably not. But you know what's weird? Leslie said she includes my father in her prayers every night. <laughs> Do you think that's true?
3: People pray.
1: I don't. Are you religious?
3: The cinema is my religion. And I have many gods. Scorsese, Melville, Hitchcock.
1: can you be any more pretentious?
3: Least I can prove my gods exist.
1: Hang on, my spidey sense is tingling.
3: Does that mean the Green Goblin is about to break down my door?
1: No, it means I'm missing something. Like what? I don't know, that's why I'm missing it!
3: Wow, you really are cranky today.
1: Stop talking, Danny, I need to think. The moment she mentioned praying, an alarm went off. And it went off again when we started talking about religion. Uh, Why am I... Wait, hang on. Bring up the interview with Memphis Bob? The part where I ask if my father changed much after the show went national?
3: Are we following the story?
1: You're damn right we are.
3: Nice.
4: Uh, Okay, Uh, here you go. The only change I noticed was his interest in religion. That seemed to come from out of nowhere.
1: What is wrong with me? My father's not religious. Why didn't I follow up?
4: You're probably just thinking
3: about your next question, the one about his disappearance.
1: I have to go see my mother. Now? Yes!
3: Well, are we still on for tonight? So no, that's a no then?
2: Hey, Mom. Hey. What are you doing here? something wrong? No, I'm fine. I don't
1: have any classes today, so I figured I'd come by and say hello. Why are you sitting on the porch? I forgot my keys. <sighs> I've been so busy. Can you grab those bags, please? Jeez, Mom. Did you clean out every aisle at Whole Foods? So, what's on your mind, Chase?
2: Do you remember Leslie Neubauer? Sure. She was the general manager at KXLA. What about her?
1: She called the other day. She's working on satellite radio now, and they're doing a big anniversary show about Dad. I know. She called me, too. Oh. What did you say? The truth. And... Just so I'm clear, I I said no. Right. That's what I figured.
2: What about you? What did you say?
1: I promised to think about it. But truth be told, I'm not interested. You're not? Working on my own film is one thing. Going on the radio just... Doesn't feel right. It's so... public. And if you're not doing it, then I'm not doing it. We're a team, right?
2: We have to stick together. I'm glad to hear that. You can put those on the table.
1: Hey, can I ask you something? It's about Dad, so don't freak out. Sure. I interviewed Memphis Bob for my documentary and- Now there's a name I haven't heard in a while. What's he up to these days? Bob is up in Lancaster running a diner. Seemed fine. He has this thing about
2: aliens. Your dad loved him, but that man is an acquired taste and I never acquired the taste.
1: Did you know he legally changed his name to Memphis Bob? Are you kidding? No, it's true. He showed me his driver's license. (laughs) 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 Anyway, uh, Bob said something about Dad suddenly getting religious. Do you remember anything like that?
2: Would you like a glass of wine? It's just four. So, make believe we're in Paris. Do you have any beer? Since the wine is drawn, it must be drunk. Well, about six months before that night, your father ran into an old friend from college who had become a priest. I don't remember his name. It's been so long. Anyway, they started spending time together, and Malcolm developed an interest in religious topics. But what does that mean? Was he going to mass and stuff like that? Oh, no. No, no, no. It was an intellectual interest. He was getting tired of all this supernatural nonsense, and talking about God and religion seemed to energize him. Hmm.
1: I always assumed Dad was an atheist.
2: And why would you assume that? I don't know. I don't have any religious memories. Well, you were baptized. So was Hitler. Really? Yeah. It came up in class the other day. It's crazy, right? Okay, Chase, just so you know, your father was not an atheist. He was agnostic. I'm not sure I know the difference. You know Hitler was baptized, but you don't know the difference between an atheist and an agnostic? (sighs) I can just Google it. I'm assuming you know an atheist is someone who does not believe in God, right? Right. Well, an agnostic is someone who believes there can be no proof of the existence of God, but accepts... The possibility that God could exist. Sounds like agnostics want to have it both ways. Uh, yeah. It's called covering your bases. What about you, Chase? What do you believe?
1: I believe I'll have a little more wine. So I'm thinking you should say yes.
2: To what? The interview. Hang on. Now you want me to do it? Look, I don't think you'll ever get the closure you want, but that doesn't give me the right to shut you down the way I did the other day. So do the interview. Talk it out. Who knows? Maybe Leslie will let you use the interview in your movie. It could be a good thing. I'm not sure.
1: I have to think about this.
7: If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Chase Smith about her father, Malcolm Smith, the creator of Strange Air. So, I'm sure you've heard every weird theory out there about what happened to your father. What's the weirdest? (laughs)
1: Uh, well, there's a group of fans who believe he was kidnapped by lizard people. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Who live in the hollow center of our planet. No!
7: (laughs) <laughs> that might be a little too weird, even for a show like Strange Air.
1: <laughs> well, you're laughing, but that's what they believe. Oh. And I think that's one of the traits my father found fascinating. Our need to believe.
7: In just anything?
1: Well, look, I think we can rule out lizard people.
7: Yeah, probably, yeah.
1: <laughs> But the fans that came up with that theory are sure they're right. Just like the people who are sure they're right about horoscopes and conspiracy theories and... Virtual worlds like the Matrix.
7: I guess people believe what they want to believe, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe it's time for a break. Oh. So we've been talking with the charming Chase Smith about her father, Malcolm Smith, and his show, Strange Air. Please keep an eye out for those lizard people, and we will be right back. Hey, okay, I think that's going pretty well. How do you, uh, what, what do you think?
1: Uh, if you're happy, I'm happy.
7: That's great, yeah. Listen, just hang out. We'll be back in a minute. Okay.
6: Chase, it is so good to see you in person. My God, you're gorgeous. Leslie? The one and only. I knew you would remember. And by the way, you sound great. Seriously, you're a natural. You could even host your own podcast. That's what the cool kids are doing, right? I guess. So, this is for you. What is it? you want me to tell you and ruin the surprise, or do you want to open it? Oh. Oh. Where did you get this? Ten years ago, the police were going to take it. They took everything, but I said no way. So I swiped it when they weren't looking. I don't remember. Of course not. You were, what, ten years old? That picture sat on Malcolm's desk from the day he started working at the station. And he took it into the studio during every single show. Your father always had you in sight. We look so happy. I'm sure you were. Thank you. Hey, back to work, boss. Chase, I want you to do me a favor. When the show starts, I want you to wait about 30 seconds, and then I want you to vanish on air, just like your dad did. Can you do that for me? The press will be incredible, and our numbers will go through the roof. Wait, are you serious? Oh, for Pete's sake, Chase. I was... Oh, are we still doing this? You were kidding? Yes, I was kidding. I'm a kidder. That's my thing. Oh, I'll see you after the show. Chase, you ready? Ready. Okay, great.
7: Welcome back. You're listening to Malcolm Smith, the man behind the mystery. We're very fortunate to have his daughter, Chase Smith, in the studio tonight. And she's been sharing some wonderful stories about her father. But now let's talk a little bit about you, Chase. I hear you study film at USC.
1: Uh, yes. This is my last year. I graduate in June.
7: Oh, boy. I don't I don't know how to tell you this, but I am a Bruins fan.
1: You went to UCLA?
7: I sure did.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> did you get your money back? Oh, whoa! This young woman's got claws! <laughs> Fight on, dude.
7: If I, I am so ignoring that. Okay. Now, tell me, is it true you're making a movie about Malcolm's disappearance?
1: I sure am. It's a 30-minute documentary. I'm following up on all the clues and evidence.
7: Clues and evidence. That sounds like you're a detective, not a film major.
1: Well, I'm a documentary filmmaker, so I guess that makes me both.
7: That's fair enough. Uh, Well, tell us how it's going, Nancy Drew.
1: The story is ten years old, but people are still talking about it. That's why we're here, right? Right you are. I'm giving every theory a day in court, and I'm learning that one leads to the next, so I'm following the yellow brick road, and we'll see where it goes.
7: Any plans for the movie after you graduate?
1: Ugh, stop. I can't think that far ahead right now.
7: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I can barely think about tomorrow. Now, before you go, let me ask you the million-dollar question. Do you think you'll ever find out what happened to your father? Yes, definitely. How can you be so sure?
1: The world is full of answers. I just need to find them.
7: Yeah, sure, but how long can you look? I mean, it's been ten years. At what point do you give up and move on
1: this was the defining event of my life and I still don't know what happened how am I supposed to move on without knowing I- if I were lost my dad would find me and bring me home how could I not do the same for him hi it's me again <sighs> Life sucks right now because I'm out of beer, so I'm drinking tea. It's called Sleepy Time Extra, and the soothing herbs are supposed to promote relaxation. We'll see how that goes. It's not like I need to have a beer before I go to sleep. It it just helps. (sighs) Anyway, tonight's journal is going to be a little different. Instead of telling you what I'm grateful for, I'm going to tell you what I'm not grateful for. And that's the 10,000 calls and emails I've received since I did that stupid radio show. I've attracted more weirdos than Charles Manson. But, on the plus side, Mom was right. Leslie gave me permission to use the audio, so that's something. Ugh, tea. You know, I've been thinking about the conversation I had with my mother. We were talking about... Religion, and she asked me what I believe. Truth be told, I'm an atheist. I never had any interest in that God stuff. I prefer to put my faith in science, not a fictional creator that judges us when we're dead. But I keep thinking about Memphis Bob and Dr. Isaac. They're so sure aliens are real. Just like the people who are so sure God is real. What's the difference? Hello.
3: I apologize for calling so late. Is this Chase Smith?
1: Yeah. Who's
3: this? My name is Father Sullivan.
1: (laughs) Oh, great. You're my father. That's a new one.
3: No, I'm not your father. I'm a father, as in a Catholic priest. For real? Let's start again. My name is Father Sullivan, and I'm with St. Elizabeth's in Highland Park.
1: Prove it. Say something religious.
3: Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened.
1: Mm, That's about finding the truth, right?
3: It means what you want it to mean.
1: All right. That sounds like something a priest would say. What can I do for you?
3: I'm calling because I heard you on the radio and wanted to ask you a question.
1: Go ahead.
6: Do you believe in miracles?
2: Strange Air was created and written by Michael P. Greco and Tony Martinez. The role of Chase Smith was played by Natalie Lander, and the role of Malcolm Smith was played by Patrick Fabian. If you enjoyed Strange Air, please rate and review us. This will help keep our show on the charts where people can find it. And please visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
0: Oh, hey, friends, it's me, your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. You don't know me, but I'm going to introduce you to Dungeons & Dragons, where I play D&D with my friends... And, th- and they're going to become your friends because you're going to love us so much. I mean, maybe maybe you won't love us, but we'll love you. Let me give you a taste of the show in 42 seconds.
3: Let's go. You must have a, f- and a flask. Anything. He's got a satchel. That's the most disappointed way I've ever heard anyone say the word satchel. Cost. How much, is a, how much is, a cost? is a donkey Russ,
1: how much is the a donkey The question everyone cost?
0: wants to know. For one hour. It's concentration, so if you do another concentration spell...
1: It's abjuration, you
7: doink. It's concentration.
3: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like exactly the sort of person you should probably tell your friends about. The kind that are there and say, like, weird, mysterious things and then just disappear?
7: Yeah, that's why I'm telling oh, you. okay. Also, he had three eyes. Oh! We're having this rager. I
0: mean, Lich Astley and the Magic Magic Missiles is going to be playing later tonight. <laughs> is he ever going <laughs> to give you up? Never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Orcus is going to rule all in and he won't desert you. What else do I need to tell you? We're Dungeons and Dragons. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or at dumbdragons.com. We can't wait to adventure with you!